Hi everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth. And this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Good morning saunterers. Welcome to another saunter. I am not at home today. We've been celebrating Josh and Victoria's wedding, so it's really exciting. So I'm in Bournemouth today, and I'm using an incredible... I have a built-in halo today in front of me, which is amazing. So today we are on Genesis chapter 5, and we're going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to understand this, because there are some big questions we're going to have at the end of this. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We invite you into our homes and our lives and we ask you to open up this living word to us and make it make sense and speak into our hearts today in Jesus' incredible name. Amen. Good morning, Kathy and Tracy-Anne. Great to see you and everyone else. Um, we are. What I'd like to do this morning, we're on Genesis chapter 5. And before we get going on that, I would like to just flick us over into Hebrews chapter 11, which I think is a really good um, New Testament passage to bring in at this point, because it ties in with what we've just been hearing about before, about um, Cain and Abel, Abel in particular. Good morning, Kev. And... It also helps us understand some of the things that are going on here. So um, Hebrews chapter 11, the writer says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And so going back to the creation story, which we've just looked at a few days ago, the writer of the Hebrews is saying, by faith, we understand. So he says that faith is the assurance or the the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction or evidence of things not seen. So faith gives us evidence in our inner being, if you like. Good morning, Ruth and Chris. Good morning, Fran. And of things that are not seen. So we understand another reality by faith. And it, and faith is a really difficult thing to pin down and quantify. But the writer to the Hebrews is saying there is such a thing as faith. And it's by faith that we see and understand and know the things that are pertaining to God. And he says... By faith, we understand that the universe <clears throat> excuse me, was created by the word of God, so by God speaking out, so that what 
is saying was not made of things that are visible. So he's saying the universe was not, <coughs> excuse me, assembled initially, originally from, <coughs> excuse me, from physical components that we can see or identify scientifically, but it was, it came about by things that are not seen by the spoken word of God. That's an incredible thing, isn't it? So as God spoke, his word literally became visible. So the words that came out of God's mouth initially became visible and became the universe that we see around us. That is a remarkable statement right there. But it's by faith we understand that. And the, the two things, faith and understanding, sometimes seem to be put almost it as polar opposites. But this writer to the Hebrews is saying, no, by faith we understand. But we understand on a different level. We understand by revelation, by the Spirit of God, kind of making things make sense to us. And so then let's read on. Um, by faith, Abel... That's the guy we were reading about, Cain's brother, who Cain um, murdered. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. So when, when Abel brought his lamb to the Lord and put it on the altar and burned the fat parts and offered it to God, he was doing something by faith. And God looked at that faith and rewarded him. So there is a there is a bigger question than whether his offering was the kind of offering God wanted. It was where the offering came from that God commended. The offering came from faith in Abel's heart, faith towards God. Right, let's keep going. So so God commended God commending him. By accepting his gifts. So somehow there was a, a way Cain and Abel knew whether their gifts, their offerings had been accepted or not. And Abel knew his had and he went away feeling um, endorsed and commended by God. And Cain went away feeling frustrated and like he was still at odds with God. But we know from further observing of Cain that his heart was quite wrong towards God anyway. So whatever he'd have brought would have been somewhat irrelevant, I think. Um, so then through, sorry, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So even though Abel is dead, he's still able to speak to us because his life of faith teaches us things. Now, that's an incredible statement. And that's true of every man or woman of faith that's ever lived. If we actually look back on their life. Even though they're dead and gone, their life still speaks to us. So my mum and dad walked with God by faith and their lives are still instructive to me, even though they're no longer with us. And there are many, many, many zillions of men and women of God who've gone before, who live by faith. And we can read books about them or talk about them. And there's something that still lives on, isn't there, of their faith. And it's inspiring and instructive, which is brilliant. And so then it says, verse five, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Verse six, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. 
some translations say who diligently or earnestly seek him. So in, in this, this is so important. So Enoch, this guy, old, long before, we're going to hear about it in a minute. He walked with God and God loved him and took him home to be with him one day. So he he walked with God and then he was not, he was no longer around because God took him. And it was because his faith was pleasing to God. No, it's this, Fran, it's the uh, light thing in front of my, here we are, my eyes are still there. Sorry. It's this funny light thing. If I turn it off, what happens? I can turn it down. There you go. You see me now? Anyway. Um, sorry for those listening to the podcast. That's going to be a little bit funny. Um, apologies. So, Enoch walked with God. He pleased God. His life pleased God because of his faith. And I think sometimes we think it's all about us doing exactly the right things. Actually, it's about coming to God in faith and through faith that God really loves is that faith that, um, in him um, and he says without faith it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him by faith uh, wait wait we'll stop there because we're going to come on to Noah tomorrow so here we go so Genesis chapter 5 then. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them. So I think it's just really important to say that there are two sexes and the two sexes exist in... Whoops. In... Throughout nature, throughout the natural world, there are two sexes, male and female. They're complementary. They're both required in under normal conditions for most organisms to reproduce. There are some that re and there are ways um, organisms reproduce asexually, but normally speaking, um, male and female are required to reproduce the organism, and so. Human being, no different. Male and female, he created them and he blessed them. He named them man, Adam, and when they when they were created. Now, when Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness. And after, sorry, after his own image and named him Seth. So this is the same idea that we re reproduce after our kind. So God made us in his likeness and then we go on to reproduce and produce children in our own likeness. And we often say, oh, he's got his dad's eyes or his mum's nose or whatever it is. I got my mum's nose um, and a bit more, I think. <laughs> a bit of someone else's as well. Um, and so th that's normal. We expect a human being to give birth to a human being, not a cat. That would be troublesome. Verse 4, the days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years and he had other sons and daughters. So he lived a long time. Um, thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Seth 
were 912 years and he died. Now, we should not be particularly surprised by the longevity of these guys because they were the prototypes. They were genetically pure. They hadn't had background radiation kind of dismantling their genetic material over the, you know, over the decades and centuries and eons that the human race has had since. Um, and so that's not surprising. Anyway, some people would argue the toss because they just like arguing or they disagree with that, these long, these long ages. Let's just take it that they lived a long time and that that's a matter of record. To be honest, if someone lived 900 years, we would record it, wouldn't we? Um, so when Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years. It's quite precise, isn't it? And had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he fathered Kenan. Enosh lived after he'd fathered Kenan 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, the days of Enosh were 905 years and he died. When Kenan had lived 700, sorry, 70 years, he fathered Mahalel. Kenan lived after he'd fathered Mahalel 850 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Kenan were 910 years and he died. Then, when <laughs> Mahalel had lived 65 years, he fathered Jared. Mahalel lived after he'd fathered Jared 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Mahalel were 895 years and he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Now, that's the guy we just read about in um, Hebrews. When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Now that's a really profound interjection into this um, long list of genealogies and longevity. So they're all <laughs> lots and lots and lots of people living a long, long time. Enoch, you would have thought because he loved God and he was God had a special relationship with him, you would have thought... He would have lived longest of all, but actually, no, God intercepted that and said, right, come and stay with me tonight. And so he never made it home, which is an incredible thing. And I would love that to happen to me. It would just be amazing, wouldn't it? You're walking along and suddenly, boom, you're gone. You're with Jesus. And then they'd have a, probably a murder inquiry looking for who took your body and all the rest of it. Anyway, not to worry. This is, but this is an incredible story. And it's, it's kind of thrown in there for us to think about. When Methuselah, verse 25, had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Methuselah were 969 years 
and then he died. So he was the longest man who ever lived. Um, when Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son and called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief. Noah means rest or relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Lamech lived after he fathered Noah 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Lamech were 777 years and he died. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham and Japheth. Now, what we have said is that genealogies in the Bible are very often written in a formulaic manner and they're to make a point that of the succession and the kind of line of faith that runs through the generations. And so they're not necessarily, um, they, they, they're not all inclusive. And so people are missed out and left out. Now, if you work back and do the maths, you end up with about 5,000 years um, to Noah. Um, wait, sorry, from Adam to... Ah, uh, gosh, <laughs> I've forgotten. <laughs> anyway, it's a short period of time from Adam to the flood and then a few thousand years from the flood to Jesus. And so the earth, by calculating using these figures, is very, very young. And the archaeology and all the scientists and everyone else would say this doesn't actually compute because the earth by our reckoning, is millions of years old and the fossils and everything else take X amount of time to create. The coal deposits, the oil deposits, everything else, they're ancient. They, they've been there for a long time building up and the stars are so far away that they it must be zillions of years for that to be possible and so on. And so this account and these other accounts, where the chronology is written down, it doesn't seem to tie in with the archaeological evidence around us. Now, just to say, however, I still believe that this is true, this biblical account is true, and somehow there's a way of understanding it that, that makes sense with all the archaeology and everything else. And in fact, what's interesting is more recent archaeology does back up historical accounts in the Bible. So as we move forward a bit and go into Abraham and the other stories of the Bible, the archaeology does seem to tie up. But the, the sort of more what you might call really ancient, prehistoric archaeology doesn't seem to tie in with the biblical account. So my guess is that somewhere in it all, there's still some work to be done. And there are lots of very intelligent people who work hard at this kind of thing and try and make sense of it all. And there's lots of books you can read. And I am not qualified to tell you what... I, I don't have a theory that I'm going to put out today and settle all of that and do the working out for you. Except to say that I do believe it's true... And that these people were real people and they really did live these amounts of time and have these children. They must have had countless other children in that time because the human race has, you know, there, there would have been a lot of reproducing going on and a lot of um, 
you know, over 900 years, if someone had their, if Noah had Ham, Shem and Japheth when he was 500, it's quite likely that he had other children, but we don't get to hear about them. Um, this is a really interesting story, and it's kind of a link passage that is building us up to the story of the of the big flood, Noah's Ark, which we'll come on to tomorrow. But I just want to say this, that through it all, um, yes, Tim, that the flood is quite a key archaeologically, I think, for scientists working out the biblical trying to make the biblical account fit in with what we see around us. But I think the important bit for us is this by faith. It's by faith we understand that God created the universe and he spoke and it came into being. That is really important. It's by faith. It's not. And actually, when you listen to um, scientists kind of arguing against the existence of God, what they're doing is they're saying, we believe this is how it came to be. They have their faith. Their faith is in the fact that this thing took place over zillions of years. And then the improbability of spontaneous life happening and it developing and becoming ever more complex, which is really completely against how science works. Typically, things become less complex left to themselves rather than more. Um so the scientists would say, we believe this happened and there was a big bang and before that the, the universe was the size of a grapefruit and suddenly it exploded or whatever. And the <laughs> read about dark matter and, you know, it's like, it's this thing, nobody knows what it is, but it's this main component of the universe. And so there's so much about... The universe that the scientists, the the mainstream ones, the ones we hear on the TV, Brian Cox and other people, Stephen Hawking and so on. These guys and women, they they have a belief system. They believe that it happened, the universe happened without a cause, i.e. in the form of God creating it, without the cause being a creator God. So they say, we believe this happened. The writer to the Hebrews says, by faith, we understand that God created it. So by faith, I understand that God created it. It's a simple one for me. To be honest, it's easier for me to believe that God created it than it just created itself spontaneously when there was nothing there before. And so so the complexity and the beautiful design and architecture of the universe and the human body, everything else, the complex organisms that we see around us I don't believe could be ever really satisfactorily explained as being a product of chance and so by faith I understand that the universe was created at God's command and God spoke and it came to be and this is a story this genealogy here is the story of people of faith it's not the story of everybody it's the story of people of faith who walked with God and Enoch stands out like a shining light in amongst all these other people who we don't really know very much about except they lived a long time and had lots of kids but here we have Enoch who inspires us and even though he's no longer with us he st- his, his life still speaks and I aspire to walk with God in some way like Enoch did so God bless you everyone Have a stunning day, Jesus. I pray that you would live in our hearts by faith and that we would not just 
say, oh, yeah, you've got to kiss your brains goodbye. But actually, we would have evidence day after day after day of your intervention in our lives and in the lives of people around us. We would see your mighty hand at work doing miracles and signs and wonders and all kinds of things giving us evidence again that you're alive, that we can share with our friends. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. Have an amazing day, you guys. God bless you. I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him but more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Uh, or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.